Pure Wow presents Stream On, your weekly download of TV and streaming news and reviews. And now, your hosts, Phil Mutz, Pure Wow's VP of News and Entertainment, and Rachel Golmi, Pure Wow's Managing Editor of Branded Content. Hey, Rachel Golmi. Hi, Phil Mutz. How's it going? <laughs> oh, good. I just dropped a drop of coffee on my pants, but that's okay. I hope they're not white pants. No. That's good. Well, I guess that's it. No one can see them anyway. Little victories. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Another victory. Uh, Yeah. So uh, I know that a show that we had talked about a couple weeks back that we were kind of laughing about finally came out. Yeah. How to build a sex room. Did you check it out yet? I watched the first episode. It's on Netflix. Okay, me too. (laughs) What did you think of it? Um, It's really fun. Yeah. I I mean, for people who don't remember, obviously it's self-explanatory, how to build a sex room. Uh, It follows the host, Melanie Rose, and she's this designer of high-end homes. And she, like, goes to couples' houses and she helps them build a sex room. And they really are works of art. Yeah, I was when they when she was kind of showing like her uh, portfolio, I guess, like when the yeah. images were coming out. I was like, wow, these are like really nice. <laughs> like I yeah, want one. Really nice sex du- <laughs> like sex rooms, not sex dungeons. Some of them are sex dungeons, yes. but some of them are just like a bedroom that's like given more of a, like a, a sensual feel. Yeah, so I, or I like guess a ba- it, like a nice bathroom. Totally, it makes like logical sense in a lot of these cases, and it, it makes logical sense even when a couple's just like, hey, we want a sex dungeon in our basement. I I, I think that's great. Um, and she, the host, she's so cute. She's She's got this adorable little accent. She's got, like, very short, like, white hair. She looks like she's going to be, like, giving you, like, super nanny, like, yeah. in her vibes. But she's not at all. At one point, she was, like, getting flogged during the episode, like, with one, <laughs> one of the, like, sex toys. I was like, good for you, lady. This yeah. is great. Wait, I have to tell you something funny. So, uh, like, the opening scene when she's, like, walking down the street with her little bag. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is, like, a cute little, like, you know, older lady. And then I was like, oh, my God. Like, they even put, like, knitting needles in her bag because it was, yeah. like, sticking out. I was like, that's just silly like whatever so then like as the episode goes on and she what does she call it like her um her toy bag or something yeah she's something like, her bag like that full of, like like fun she's goodies. like mary yeah. poppins but with sex toys and yeah. so she's taking it out and it wasn't a knitting needle it was like a riding crop and i was oh like my oh gosh. my god i was cracking up <laughs> well, was i'm sure it. they did that on purpose that's so I know. good yeah oh, but it was like really it was funny. like perfectly like out of the corner of her bag and it looks like a knitting needle like yeah, literally right. like the end of it and everything yeah. and i was just laughing i was like oh okay yeah no that's not a knitting that's so funny. Yeah, I love that she pulls out, like, out of that bag, she pulls out, like, handcuffs, and she pulls out, like, a butt plug, and she pulls out, like, whips. I mean, I, I what I really like about it is that it feels like it's, like, addressing sex stigmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of, it, it's basically being, like, why are we so afraid to talk about some of these things? Yeah. And uh, I feel like she's really helping the couples. There's, like, the home reno aspect of the show, but there's also, like, the sex therapy aspect of the show, mm-hmm. too. Like, some of the couples go to, like, workshops, and, like, they really like learn about each other. And I, I don't know, it feels like it's it's like helping people at the same time. It's not just a renovation show, which I kind of like. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch like all, I want to watch all of the episodes. It was very interesting. And yeah. also just like, it's very interesting to see like, a little bit of a peek inside of a different couple totally. that's not yeah. your own or partnership. And that part, I was just like, wow, like there's just all different kinds of people out there, which is great. And I was like, power to you that you could be on a show like this. I could yeah. never. But... And celebrate this publicly and yeah. come out, come out yeah. and be like, you know, these are my kinks or this is what, these are my sex toys or very public <laughs> way to and I loved, talk about I loved that stuff. the first uh, couple who, who lived in the house that was built in like the 1800s or something. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like, now like a little 
literal sex dungeon downstairs, which I'm like, that's which great. Good the, for res- you. the reveal was great. It's a yes. great sex dungeon. It's yeah. beautiful. No, no, I know. Really, really beautiful. Well, we have a lot to get to today. We have The Bachelorette versus F Boy Island. One was hot, one was not. The Hulu movie that exceeded my expectations. Why we're downright pissed about the Emmy nominations. And apparently, I'm the only person who doesn't like this show. Hmm, interesting. And it's not Stranger Things. <laughs> and it's not me with Bridgerton. Great. Um, well, let's dive right into the news. This just in. This week's streaming news. It hasn't even been a full month since The Bear premiered on FX and Hulu, and it already got renewed for a second season. Heck yes, chef. The network's entertainment president said, The Bear has exceeded our wildest creative, critical, and commercial expectations. So if you have yet to watch this incredible show, here's your cue. Only Murders in the Building may still be airing new episodes of season two, but it's already been renewed for season three. Will the main trio all return for the new iteration? Craig Erwish, the president of Hulu and ABC Entertainment, said, We are grateful to be able to continue telling the stories of Charles, Oliver, and Mabel. So that sounds like a hell yes. Succession actor Nicholas Braun gave us a tiny bit of insight into his lovable character for the show's upcoming fourth season. He told Deadline, quote, Greg shifts into another gear. He and Tom have a new frequency. And we all know you can't make a Tomlet without breaking some Gregs. Godspeed. (laughs) A Tomlet. I like that. Uh, And then perhaps the biggest story of the week. The Emmy nominations came out on Tuesday. And unsurprisingly, we have thoughts. Okay. Uh, Well, let's talk about the Emmys. So they're not until September, but, uh, you know, we've we've got some time till we get the actual award show. But the nominations are here. And there were a lot of names on this list and a lot of names that didn't make the list. That's an understatement. Yeah. You're, there are so many creative awards too. It just it's, you keep scrolling and scrolling. You're like I cannot believe there are so many Emmy award awards. And then within the categories, so one question I have is: Are there too many nominees? Uh, you know, like for some of the categories. Okay, for an example, eight women are nominated for outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. So that's women supporting and comedy. So there's like that's a very niche. Like, mm-hmm. category. Yeah. And there's eight nominees. Let me just read them real fast because they're all really good. And I think that's part of the discussion is, like, what do you do? So Alex Borstein for Mrs. Maisel, Hannah Einbinder for Hacks, Janelle James for Abbott Elementary, Kate McKinnon for SNL, Sarah Niles, from, who plays the psychiatrist on Ted Lasso, Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple from Ted Lasso, and then Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. So each of these I'd be like, oh, yeah, they should be nominated for yeah. their performance. I really, I, I love them. They're all really great. And I, I'm so happy that we are representing really great performances. But eight seems like a lot. It is a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot. It is a lot. And I feel like award shows and every award show, not just the Emmys, weren't they always like five or six? And it like I never really like capped that. That's what I don't it know. used to be. And I understand that like there have been efforts in recent years to towards, you know, inclusivity, which I think we were perhaps sacrificing really talented people by not being inclusive, you know, and really, you know, stellar performances. So like, I guess the argument is, okay, does it take away it being special by having eight versus five, say? Yeah. Or is it more like we should recognize exactly how many phenomenal performances there were this year? And if some years it's eight, it's eight. And if some years it's five, it's five. Like, Yeah. I, I mean, it is, it, like you said before, like they, I mean, all of those people listed or women listed 
I wouldn't want to be the person picking because that they all had really, and that's only one of the categories. Like, I mean, even best, like best show or a, a drama series. I mean, how do you even pick? And then, yeah. or even like best um, actor in a drama, Jeremy Strong for Succession and Adam Scott for Severance. Like, what? I can't. I wouldn't even be able to pick. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested, but I think this is a Severance year. Even though, yeah. and we, we'll talk about this when we get to the snubs portion. Uh, one name was notably left off from the Severance mm-hmm. cast, but you know, uh, they they can't all be nominated as as we just argued. Perhaps they shouldn't all be nominated. So our our conclusion is we're happy for everyone to be nominated, but it does feel a little like it's a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Imagine even just being a presenter or. Uh, you know, and you have to like read off these names and it is like, I feel like it would be like ongoing, like it never ends. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, I don't know that I would want to be a presenter anyway. I, as it is, it's hard enough to like, although, okay, I was about to say it's hard to pronounce people's names sometimes, but if we can do it here on the show, why can't John Travolta learn how to say like something <laughs> other than Adele Dazeem? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you really, that's what came out of your mouth? Like how, <laughs> okay, all right, you're a very famous person and you get your lines right on set, but you can't say Adina Menzel. <laughs> oh my God, anyway. that's so true. Um, I also kind of wanted to talk, talk about the diversity of the nominees. It kind of struck me that compared to other award shows, the nominees seem much more diverse. And I don't know if that's just a year of diverse content or just yeah. that content out in general has has given more quality media roles to people of color or people of different uh, sexualities or, you know, like, uh, or... It's just the Emmys are just really much more on it than perhaps the Golden Globes. Yeah. Did you notice the same thing? Yeah. And I I do think a lot of it has to do with the content that is available now, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, like Squid Game, they said, is the first non-language show to ever be nominated for the Emmys, which I think is Non-English language? Yeah, non-English language show, which Mm. I think is so cool. Like, and But like, if that didn't come out and wasn't the hit that it was, you know what I mean? Like, that wouldn't be even considered. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. So so maybe it is the other thing that I was saying. Maybe it's just that the content this year has been, you know, a wider range, more diverse content that we are able to get because of all these streaming services. Yeah. So now the award shows are just reflecting that. That could be. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And, you know, look, we're in 2022. I think these award shows, too, are probably like they have to expand their palette, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to see it. And I'm, I'm really excited for all these shows that might not have gotten recognized. You know, like it's in Abbott years, Elementary. Yeah. Like, I'm so oh gosh, excited. It's so good. It's, one it's of, so uh, good. As, as we'll talk about in future episodes, uh, it's a great show and perhaps one of the best of the year. We'll see. But I also think the most interesting thing of all nomination ceremonies is which names are not on the list. Mm. Uh, And there were some big names and shows that didn't get anything. One of which uh, I'm only going to bring up first because I have a podcast about it that uh, it's called In Just Like That, a Sex and the City reboot podcast. And uh, and just like that didn't get any nominations. None of the women... I mean, nah. <laughs> okay, man. It was the show that everybody was talking oh. about. Okay, anyway. But that doesn't mean it deserves an Emmy. That's fair. That's fair. But I just thought maybe bringing back Sarah Jessica Parker would give maybe. us, a, a, you know, she has that like heartbreaking scene with Big in the shower. You know, I thought maybe there were, there were some acting moments in there that I thought could perhaps get her on a list, but it did not. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> not that list. <laughs> Um, were there any other names that you noticed that were pretty jarring that they were omitted? I mean, Britt Lauer from Severance, I yeah. who played Helly. I, I don't want to give anything away, but 
I know. She's so good. She's so good. And everyone, almost everyone else in the cast got nominated. Um, Christopher Walken and John Tutaro, which I I think she could have taken. I mean, I know she's a female and they were in male categories, but I think she could have taken Christopher Walken's spot. I, I don't know why. I mean, he was great in it, but he wasn't. She yeah, was I, just so good. I don't want to take away from anybody else. You're right. But I, I do think she should have been on a list. Like, I think yeah, she was incredible. It, it is weird that the best show is like, and like the show everybody's talking about, even though everybody was also talking about it and just like that. Uh, <laughs> everybody's talking about Severance and and she didn't get recognized. It's interesting. And it's not like she had a minor part in no, the role, in the show. Huge. I mean, yeah. she... I mean, she's one she's of the, the catalyst. Biggest char- she's the catalyst yeah. for change. She comes in yeah. and she's laying on a table, and some, and then everything changes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I, ugh, I'm bummed for her. I, I'm sure she. Yeah. Well, obviously, I don't know her, but <laughs> I would assume that she's upset as well. So that's I do want to throw out another name. Uh, do you, you know Meg Statler from Hacks? Who plays the? Oh yeah, she plays the assistant, the really funny assistant who's like always on the line, and she's like not doing her work at the at the agent's office. She's so good, and she wasn't nominated. I really thought she would get something. She's kind of hilarious. She's not kind of. She is hilarious, and you did such a good impression of (laughs) holding like her headset. I don't know if everybody could see. I was holding my ear (laughs) like she holds her headset. Uh, She's She's just so so funny, funny. and just so unapologetic in what probably could be a very annoying character. Like, yeah. she's purposely, I mean, she it's written as an annoying person, and she plays it in a funny way, not an annoying way. And I don't think that's that easy. She's very no. good. And it makes me, like, I love her character, yeah. even though she is so annoying. Yeah. And it's, you know, I feel like she's that typical, like, Gen Z, like, oh, so that good. kind of <laughs> worker, I guess. Well, and, and she's entitled, because, like, her dad works at the company as, like, a high-up executive. I think executive. he owns he, the company. Oh, maybe he runs, yeah, yeah, he owns the, the agency. She, yeah. So she obviously just got that job because her dad oh, is... so good. I love <laughs> it's it. It's so good. And her outfits. And she gets oh. some really meaty scenes in the most recent season, which I'm excited for. It got renewed again, obviously, but I'm yeah. excited for more of her. I bet they're going to yeah, write her some great, great stuff. I hope they do. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely will. A couple other names that I just noticed I wanted to list off. Jennifer Lewis from I Love That For You. I had talked about how I think yeah. she deserves all the Emmys. I thought she was so good on that show. Renee Zellweger for The Thing About Pam. Not oh. nominated? I mean, uh, Viola Davis and all of the First Lady actresses. Michelle Pfeiffer for playing Betty Ford, you know. It's uh, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, maybe they all canceled each other out. I don't know. but I, Canceled lo- each other out. I, I don't know. What that happens sometimes where it's just like, is, are you going to only nominate one out of all three? I don't know. But those, Renee and then those three ladies and Jennifer Lewis were all predictions of mine in previous uh, episodes and none of them got nominated. Yeah. Uh, Amy Schumer, Life and Beth, I know you well, disagree, but. I could do know, without her. <laughs> uh, Bridget Everett from the show I recently talked about, Somebody Somewhere. I mean, she was incredible. I feel like there were a lot of, and I just named all women. So maybe that's part of the problem is there's just a lot of great women and there just aren't enough slots for all of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that could be a good thing that there's a lot of great women out there. Yeah, no, of course. I guess Meg Statler, like she would have had to take one of those other eight spots that we just yeah. talked about. Like the list is already eight people long. At where, I know, but then at that go? point, it's like throw in another two and make a 10, you know? Yeah, if we're if we're already going to do this, yeah, if why can't If we're already over five, just yeah. go for it. <laughs> people were also mad that This Is Us and Yellowstone got snubbed. Ugh, I'm so, I, I, I'm so over This Is Us, so like... <laughs> Well, That's it's fine. over. It's done. You don't ever have to see it or hear about it again. Good. <laughs> Until there's a spinoff, inevitably. Ugh. Well, I'll, they can't all get nominated. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, I suppose there's always next year, you guys. 
Um, there's always, yeah. sorry, Brit, there's always Severance season two, which is coming. So maybe next year. I mean, if she wouldn't get nominated, if she doesn't get nominated for season two, I'm I know, I'm, just. Well, she didn't get nominated for season one. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, well, um, uh, so what, what were your hits this week? The hits of the week. My hit was a movie on Hulu. Mm. It's called, yeah, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. It is was so good. I loved it so much more than I thought I would. I watched the preview for it a while ago and then I had to edit it to my list and I finally got around to watching it. And it was so like cute. I feel like it's not the right word. It was very, very good. Have you seen this? Not yet. I saw the preview. So this is the Emma Thompson hiring yes. a sex worker movie. Yes. Emma Thompson plays a widowed, like older woman. She's retired from her job. She was a religion teacher at like a Catholic school in obviously uh, England. And then so she hires this sex young, like hot sex worker who's played by Daryl McCormick, who is so good. And he was actually in Peaky Blinders, which now that I think back on it, I'm like, oh, okay, like that was him. He is a like a minor role in Peaky Blinders, but so good. And this, I mean, he was incredible <laughs> in this movie. Obviously, Emma Thompson's great. But yeah, so it's kind of it's really just the two of them. And and it kind of feels more like a play because like 99% of the movie, they're just the two of them in a hotel room. And it's really good. And it just is about like self-discovery and confidence and mutual pleasure and consent and boundaries. It just makes you, I, I honestly think everyone needs to watch this movie, especially men, because I feel like a lot of women are mostly in tune with these kinds of things, but men aren't as much mm. usually and it's just so good like he walks into the door when he first comes in and sees her and he asks if he could give her like a kiss on the cheek which i'm like oh and she was kind of taken mm. aback by that you know yeah and it, it's just it's really really good and i know i keep saying that but no, I, I, that's great. I, I loved it i'm glad we have another sex positive option yeah. and i love emma thompson and everything she does she's amazing and especially when she's in comedies it's like comedies with heart you know, like yeah. Love Actually, where we get to see her fun side. Plus, like, then there's also the moment when she, like, opens the Joni Mitchell CD. You know, like, you know, get you get the, like, heartbreaking, but you get the, like, fun, silly Emma Thompson. I love that. Yeah. But it, it, it makes you think. Like, it just kind of, mm -hmm. you see, like, these two sides of people that, you know, like, they probably don't open up to everyone that you see. And it's just, it's interesting to see the dynamic between the two of them and, like, how they progress through the movie. Yeah. Um, I really liked it a lot. It was I'm good. so glad this is your hit. Yeah. I know. Uh, my hit list, I have, okay, I have 2.5 of them. I have two hits and I have, wait, wait, two, well, I have two, two hits and one honorable mention because the honorable mention is in the theaters. So I guess I could just okay. kick that one off and real quick, just mention that I went and saw Thor Love and Thunder in theaters. It's the new Marvel movie. I know we're talking about Marvel, but it's going to be on Disney plus. So that counts as streaming. It's got Chris Hemsworth. It's got Natalie Portman. It's got Tessa Thompson. And it's such a fun and joyful watch. It uses like classic like music that we love. Uh, it has an awareness of just how silly it is. It's tons of humor. There are lots of fun cameos and I don't want to give them away, but oh, um, I, I definitely yelled during the closing credits scene. Like in the, the first credit scene, there's a famous face that shows up and I was like, Ooh. no way. So, um, so lots of fun. Um, so my two hits are very different and in no particular order, they are F Boy Island season two on HBO Max and Blackbird on Apple TV+. I'll talk about Blackbird real quick first. 
it's the Taron Egerton show. Um, Taron Egerton played Elton John in Rocket Man, and the show stars him and Greg Kinnear um, from Little oh, Miss I Sunshine. Love him. Uh, he's in everything, and he's so good. And it's Ray Liotta in his final television mm. performance um, because he recently passed away at the age of sixty-seven. So I watched the first two episodes. Uh, they come out weekly on Apple TV Plus. There are three out already. It's inspired by true events, and there's two timelines. In one, Greg Kinnear is trying to solve the murder of a bunch of girls. Uh, and then several years later, in the other part of the timeline, cops are trying to get Taron Egerton to go undercover in prison to get the killer to confess where the bodies are buried of these girls. Oh, that sounds interesting. It's really solid And this acting. is based on a true story? It's inspired by true oh, okay. events, which okay. makes me think probably like the loosely, setup is what yeah. happened. Um, but I imagine they're fictionalizing all the, yeah. the character stuff is my guess. Um, But it's really solid acting. And he is so great in the role as like a tough guy, but also a pretty boy uh, going undercover in prison. I I think if you like the show True Detective, and I did, then this has that kind of feel to it. And you know I love true crime and murder shows. And this has that whole backstory with the murders of the girls. So I think... If you if you like that true detective vibe, you're gonna love the show Blackbird. Is it slow though? Because true, I actually couldn't get through the first season of True Detective. I thought it was a little too slow, but I do like shows like that. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think so. I just think it has that darker, okay. like nuanced, like deeper mm-hmm. murder mystery feel to it throughout. I and Sounds I think good. there's that half with Greg Kinnear in the past. I think has that, whereas the more the present in quotes, uh, which which is it's also set in the past um but uh with taryn is a, is a lot more fast-paced so mm-hmm. i i think I, I think there's enough to keep it everyone super engaged i was enthralled so highly recommend nice um but my main hit and i've talked <laughs> about it before as a guilty pleasure it's finally back season two f boy island on hbo max the i love first... that this is your main hit <laughs> okay well it's my main hit because i think it's important uh because it's going to contrast with my miss uh which i'm going to talk about in a little bit but uh, the first three episodes are out, and there's three more coming next week, uh, and they release, you know, periodically, uh, week after week. So it's 13 nice guys, 13 self-proclaimed F-boys, and three women trying to find love, and they don't know who's an F-boy and who's a nice guy. If they pick the nice guy, they get to split $100,000 with him. But if they pick an F-boy, he gets the $100,000 and gets to choose whether to split it with her or not. So oh. if he's actually only there for money... He's going to be like, see ya. And, Which I'm sure they are. Uh, but... I would think so. Uh, so it's really fun. What I really like about it is it's the host, Nikki Glaser. Uh, she's a comedian. And the whole tone, and it kind of ties into what I just said about Thor. It just feels fun and joyful and self-aware and silly. Right? Like, this is a dating show where a bunch of men are trying to compete <laughs> for three women. The whole concept is ridiculous. And... They acknowledge that, and that's what makes it bearable and fun. Yeah. In the first moments, Nikki Glazer's on a boat, and she yells, like, land ho. And then she says, this ho, she's about to land. And it's just like, it's jokes like that nonstop. She dives off of a boat, and when she gets to shore, she's all of a sudden in a gown with her hair done. It's very tongue-in-cheek. And they say, this is the most important competition show in television history. Like, they're (laughs) being ridiculous. Yeah, but I like that they own it. Yeah. And like they know it. That's enjoyable. And and similar to The Bachelorette, which is what's to come, uh, the guys have to find ways to impress the women. They find moments to pull them aside. They go on one-on-one dates so they don't get eliminated. It's the same kind of setup, but really enjoyable and more realistic because 
you know, they're able to pursue they're not just pursuing an engagement ring, like on the bachelorette where everyone's like wants to get engaged at the end of this. These are people who are like, yeah, maybe we'll date after this. We, yeah. I don't even know if we live in the same city, which they don't usually. So like, it <laughs> just feels much more realistic and fun. <laughs> yeah. Just putting it out there. I need to watch it. I think you're going to really like it. I, let's, let's make this your homework, Rachel. One okay. episode, just one okay. episode of, of, of the, Island. of the new, of the new season. You don't, yeah, you I guess don't you don't need yeah, to see. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. Duh. Yeah. This is, <laughs> okay. you, can, you can jump right in. Um, well, you know what's coming from me, but what, what did you hate or what was your miss this week? Misses of the week. My miss is the old man on FX and Hulu. And I I feel like I'm the only person who doesn't like this show from who I've spoken to. So I saw it too. And, um, I think, I I think you might be the only one. So you you go, go ahead. Okay, uh, okay, wait. I, I like genuinely don't get it though. Well, tell me, tell us about the sh- tell us about the show and what okay. you didn't like. What? what? So it's maybe with, you're right. Uh, I don't know. Now I feel like I'm wrong. No. <laughs> but it has um. Okay, so it's Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow. So two great actors. And I, I'm just gonna read the description, okay? Because I I, I honestly have no words. So here sure. here goes. So Dan Chase, who is played by Jeff Bridges, absconded from the CIA decades ago and has been living off the grid since. When an assassin arrives and tries to take Chase out, the old operative learns that to ensure his future, he now must reconcile his past. Dun, dun, dun. Great. That sounds like a good show. Mm -hmm. I watched the first two episodes. The first one, it's all like mystery. Who is this guy? He's on the phone with his daughter like half the time and you never see her blah, blah, blah. The second episode is like more of the same thing, more of the same thing. And then by the end of it, I mean, obviously you could tell that this guy is in the C or was in the CIA. He has a past with John Lithgow's character, whatever. But then it's like, you can't like enough of the mystery, like just get to it. You know, Mm. it's just like, so you feel like it's not giving it the first episode. Oh, that's not good. I know, you feel like I, it's not giving us enough like red meat. Is that like the like it's not giving us enough like substance? It's too much teasing. Yeah, it's too much teasing. Like, why is he always on the phone with his daughter? Like, where is she? Mm-hmm. And then like, who is he? Why is he running? And like, why is he off the grid? And there's like 500 people who are trying to like capture him and bring him back. I don't even. Yeah. It's just so not good to me. But my sister liked it. Who? hates pretty much everything so i was like oh okay if she well not hates we should have her on the show uh she can tell us everything she hates she's very picky when it comes to tv shows and she was like this show is so good so like she i was like oh okay like i have to watch it and then i'm like what like what am i missing that i i just don't see i don't i don't understand it like and it has maybe, a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, so you might be the outlier, but maybe it's just Ugh. not for you. I will tell you what I liked about it was okay. that it, it, I thought the acting was great. It's yes. very it's very slow, except for then crazy action scenes. So where Jeff yeah. Bridges, I, I'm like, I cannot believe you're doing what you're doing. He's so <laughs> yeah. good in these action scenes. But he, it's very slow. And a lot of the scenes, like you said, are Jeff Bridges on the phone, either with his daughter or, or with John Lithgow. And... So you're just getting acting because you're just getting a close-up of somebody talking. 
And I don't know. I felt they were very tense. And particularly the one where he has to say goodbye to his daughter. I don't even think I got that. Oh, wait, no, I did. I, like, I don't even remember. Like, I thought, did I, I get just that thought far? the acting was very good. But you're right. It's slow. It's like the, like the scene portions are very slow. And it's he's on the phone for, I don't know, 75% of the first episode, which is not the most engaging thing to look at. That's fair. Yeah. You know? So I, I get where maybe you dozed off. Uh, you know, I get it, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, listen, the acting is great. And I mm-hmm. love, but they're two amazing actors. Yeah. But it's like, you need to have substance. Yeah. Ugh. But, and I never used to fall, prior to having a baby, I never used to fall asleep, like, watching TV, like, ever, ever, even it was something so bad. And now I'm just like, whatever. Hey. <laughs> Close my eyes if I can. And yeah, I miss, Jeff like, Bridges isn't doing it for you, hey, that's no. fine, you know? That's okay. All yeah. right. That's fair. I will say, well, I, I did complain uh, last week about the terminal list. I didn't like the setup of like a lone wolf out for revenge against the evil government, which this has hints of that. Yeah. But A, it paints Bridges as a bad guy, not as like a hero out to save America. Yeah. And uh, it's told in a much more interesting and nuanced fashion where like nothing is how it seems and it's more cat and mouse. I don't know. It's way more interesting than terminal list. If you had to pick between the two, definitely go with this one. How many episodes in are you? I'm. I only saw the first episode, so I didn't see the second. So oh, so okay. if you think it stays repetitive, I mean, I plan to watch this whole thing. Yeah. No, I was just curious. I didn't know how far I thought you were farther because I was only thinking like, how many episodes do they drag it out where you like quote don't know what's happening? Well, we do need to catch you up. You know what I mean? The final episode, the seventh episode, comes out next week. So we're getting we're getting to the end, and then people are going to spoil this crap. So mm. we we need to get on. Well, it I don't care. Do you <laughs> don't care. Up. I'm giving up. <laughs> well, I will report back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I need I need to know like. Like what episode they reveal, like what is happening. <laughs> what, is, so, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, like what is going on? <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> and who is his daughter? Like, maybe I need that's to just know. a service you need, is you need somebody to go into all shows and be like, Rachel Galmi, stick with it till episode eight. That's yeah. when you find out what's going on. Honestly, yeah. that would be amazing if that job or app or something exists because then I would be like, okay, like I know I'm committed. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Severance is slow. That's a slow burn, but... But it, that was it, worth it. That but was it was great. worth it. It, it was, was definitely worth that payoff. So... Well, speaking of what is going on, what is going on with The Bachelorette? Uh, oh. There is that. Was that a clunky transition? I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> no, uh, I liked it. Clunk, clunk. Um, so <laughs> this season has two women leading it, co-leading it, Gabby co-leading. and Rachel. And they were both formerly contestants on The Bachelor. And so normally a group of men compete for the heart of one woman and she gets to know them. And then she eliminates them and gives roses to the one she wants to keep. This season, two women are splitting the duties with 32 men competing for these two women. Wow. So I don't mind the two leads, uh, though I will get into a minute why it actually could be problematic or it is problematic. It seems like it might be good TV because it might mean more drama if they overlap with which guys they like. Yeah, like cat fights. Um, totally. It could be. And it, it feels like there's a better chance to actually find love than if it's just one bachelorette because maybe the guys don't click with one, but they might click with the other. So yeah. this feels like, okay, it's got some promise. Um, and I normally like The Bachelorette, but I think watching F-Boy Island at the same time is ruining it for me because that show is so funny and self-aware. And The Bachelorette, then I watched the premiere this week and it takes itself so, so freaking seriously. seriously. <laughs> oh, it just like they're they're acting like this isn't a ridiculous process, which it is. But they say things genuinely like 
you just need to trust the process. And I'm like, that's the grossest. And they say it every season. <laughs> that's but the, it's grossest. the grossest thing you could possibly say, trust the process. The process is dating and making out with 30 different guys. That's the process. That's ridiculous. So why can't we acknowledge, I'm getting very heated about the bounce right. Why can't we acknowledge that? It's just so dramatic in not the yeah. great way. It's so precious. Whereas I feel like F-Boy Island is fun drama and it's a weird distinction, but there is one. And the last thing I do want to say on this <laughs> is it might be problematic that there are two women splitting the the lead spot. And it was pointed out by uh, Pure Wow's managing editor, Katrina Yohei. She wrote an article, uh, and this is the title, Would The Bachelor Ever Have Two Male Leads After Gabby and Rachel Season It Better? And I didn't think about this, but of course they're not going to have two guys split a season. Yeah. They just wouldn't do that. It, and it, it's such a, a messed up double standard. And this article goes in and everybody should check it out. It's a really uh, great ar- argument that Katrina makes that there's this huge double standard where guys, you know, like they could never share the spotlight. They could never like. And also she makes the point of like, should they even be splitting it two guys? Because isn't it gross if two guys are high five and be like, yeah, she's hot, man. Isn't that also disgusting yeah, too to watch? Yeah. So there's like. They should have two guys to make it fair, but at the same time, that might be disgusting to watch. So I don't know which is the right answer, but either way, it seems problematic that we made this shift in how they run things. I wonder, yeah, that's a good, I didn't even think of that. I wonder what it would be, because don't they switch? It's like every other season is like... A guy and then a girl and then a guy and the girl. So obviously the next season would be a male bachelor. Right. I'm curious to see. And there's no way they're going to make two dudes split this thing. <laughs> just no, I just, I can't imagine they're going to do they're that. They're probably going to make like an excuse as to why the two people, like the two leads didn't work because so that they don't have to do it. For yeah. That, that's interesting. Yeah. I haven't watched The Bachelor, I think since Trista and Ryan's season. Which, oh, so it's been a while. Yeah, like when was that? Like early 2000s? If you're going to watch The Bachelor, just watch Bachelor in Paradise. That's the best one. Number one. And number two, you can probably skip all of it and just watch F-Boy Island. Hot <laughs> yeah, take. I'm going, I have you to. Heard it's it my here. homework. It's your homework. You're <laughs> on homework. it. Well, we talked so much about the Emmys and our hits and misses that we are out of time. No special segments. No time for it. <laughs> but what did we learn this week, Rachel? What we learned. I learned that you have many feelings about The Bachelor and F-Boy Island. I didn't think I would get so worked up. These are stupid shows. You got a little heated. I learned that it's been a very sex-positive week for both of us, between Leo Grand and The Sex Room Show and F-Boy Island. And I think that's great. I think this is great for us. Go us. (laughs) Go us. Well, until uh, next time, Rachel, uh, this has been fun. Man, a doozy. (laughs) A doozy. An emotional doozy. That's it for Stream On. Follow us on Instagram at shows and at Pure Wow. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stream On is a Pure Wow and Gallery Media Group production. <laughs>